This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We greatly appreciate uh, our good buddy James Hamm uh, making the trip out here before the game to hang out with us as we get ready for Kings basketball tonight. The Kings uh, and the Toronto Raptors, uh, two teams that look a little bit different uh, than the last time we saw them play. But let's start with the news that we got right around this time uh, yesterday. Uh, the extension is finally complete. Uh, Monty McNair will be the general manager for the foreseeable future. Yeah, we're looking at a three-year extension for Monty McNair and Wes Wilcox, his assistant GM. Um, this is something, it's weird, you know, like Damian and I, we started hearing the potential of this in early December and uh, kept being told, no, 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 it hasn't, yeah. nothing's happened. Um, and then this kind of snuck up on him. Like, I, I don't know that they were fully prepared for this thing to hit like it did yesterday. So I'm not quite sure how that happened, but, uh, you know, there is no press conference well, it, as far as that I know of at this point. Um, well, I would think you would know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would think you'd be uh, one of the first to know would, if there was one. Probably, I would probably yeah. know, but, yeah. you know, you would kind of <laughs> think that this is one of those things where you at least want something short and sweet with, you know, Vivek and, and Monty and Wes and, you know, just like, we're all in on this group, and we're excited to move forward with them and, and all that stuff, but we haven't— Vivek's you know. not talking. Did Vivek talk when Monty was hired? I don't think he did. Mm, I don't think he did either. Hmm. That was Zoom That was Zoom era, and I don't remember a, 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 a Vivek Zoom. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I've talked to Vivek, like, standing courtside with him quite a few times over the last maybe month. Mm. Not long conversations, but, like, he's very, very excited. He's also— like super intense on like the day to day, like how is this team today? Like how are, are we going to win? Mm-hmm. Like he really, really wants a winner, mm-hmm. and so that's that's the entire focus. And uh, like hats off to him. The way to win is to be stable. That's the way to win in the yeah. NBA. Stability is how you win. And by doing the right thing, by Monty and West, by doing the right thing this summer and allowing Monty to choose the right head coach. Look at how well that's turned out. Yeah. And and that's something I think we have to, it's on Monty's resume already. I mean, that's, but we can't forget how valuable that piece has been. The Mike Brown hire mm. has just been tremendous. And we don't know what, you know, Steve Clifford or, uh, you know, Mark Jackson or name that, that potential head coaching candidate would have been, mm. but we do know that Mike Brown has been phenomenal. They wouldn't have been this. No, I could. What? It's Steve hard, Clifford, yeah. I don't think would have been. No, this. I don't think so. Yeah. But Mark Jackson, who knows? Probably not. But I mean, Mike Brown, Mike was is the a perfect coach here. for this team. One hundred percent. You said it when, it, when before he was hired. You said it. He was, right. on, he was on that. That's right. Um, I did. We got it. We got to give uh, Vivek uh, credit though for demanding they take Keegan Murray. You know, everybody else wanted uh, Jaden yep. Ivy, but it was only Vivek who so said, right. "I want Keegan Murray." Yep. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hmm. That's, I, hey, that's how that's how we feel too. Hmm. I, I do know. I'll tell you this. Like I had conver- sarcasm there for those listening on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had conversations yesterday, and they're not moving Keegan Murray at all. Like there, no. there isn't one of those things where that there's a deal out there. Like, I mean, sure, if one of those once in a lifetime deals came along, maybe they would think about it. But they have a very, very high opinion of Keegan Murray, and I think it's only been bolstered by the last two to three weeks. As they should. James, the thing, and Kenny and I do this almost every day now because the way Keegan's playing is, it's like, hey, Keegan's playing really well. 
what's this dude going to look like next year? Mm. Or the yeah. year after? Yeah, like two. Or the year after yeah. that? Oof. Yeah, I mean, they um, they believe he'll be as good as Laurie Markkinen or better. Like, it, I, I think that they think he'll be better than Laurie. Yeah. Uh, like, very, very clear. Yeah. So they're not moving him in that deal. <clears throat> and, like, we, we always say that, like, I'm not – I've never sat here and said I would trade Keith. Liar! I what I have said is that when you call any NBA franchise, you call the Toronto Raptors and you say, hey, I like OG Ananobi. Yep. What, do you, what is it going to take? The Keegan first Murray. thing out of their mouth is going to be Keegan Murray. Yep. That's where all the discussions start yep. with the Kings. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's And that's when, where they end for the Kings as well. Yeah, you pivot and you say, okay, well, how many how many picks Like instead? Because we're not doing that. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting. No, I, I look at Keegan. I've been talking to this, talking about this with with Damian the last you know week or so, and I just envision. I, I wonder, you know, what he like he said, what he looks like in two and three years, and if he can get that handle right to the point where he's able to create off the bounce on a regular. Oh man, you talk about Laurie Marketing, and, and you know people thinking he's going to be better than Laurie Marketing. That's that's what Laurie. And, and he's got a lot. Lori's balling. He's an all-star. But that's what he doesn't have. Like, he not, hey, give it to him at the top of the key, and he going to dribble, break you down. If Keegan can get that to go along with how he catches shoots, whew, sky's the limit. Yeah, and to be honest with you, he might have that. He's just not showing it. Mm. So, I mean, that's what I, I kind of dig about Keegan is that he listens really well. He understands exactly what the coaching staff wants from him. And I think early in the season, almost too much. Like he's almost like reading the syllabus and, and following each step and he does exactly what it is that the coach wants from him on week one and week two. And he's so focused on, you know, following the rules. And then every once in a while you get, you watch him and you're like, Oh, that's summer league Keegan or, Oh, that's, that's Iowa. Iowa state Keegan is Iowa? no Iowa, yeah, Iowa, right. not Iowa state. Yeah, regular Iowa. Yeah, regular Iowa. Yeah, yeah. So that's what you start to like see these moments where you actually see that player. And if that, if he can translate everything that he was at the college level to the pro level, then the Kings have a star level player. So you you think he's, is he playing at the level he is right now because he's relaxed a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. The confidence is there. He's, he's gone through some tough patches. He understands that. When he goes through tough patches, that Mike isn't going to just bench him and go away from him. Mm-hmm. He's going to yell and scream at him. He's going to direct him. He's going to cut back his minutes here and there, but he's not going to lose his job. He's there for the long haul. He's going to be the starting small forward or power forward for this team probably for the next decade. And he just needs to get comfortable in his role and, and keep building. And look, the Kings don't need that. Like Mike Brown made a really interesting comment. Uh, was it yesterday? Because I asked him, to me, we were always waiting for this offense to get more intricate, right? So every every single play would have like all of these variables off the plays. And as a team got to understand the offense longer and longer and they got better at it, they would they would do some different things that, you know, we're only seeing like 1.0. And I don't think that we've seen a lot of differences in this offense. But what we have seen is they've just got so much better at the basics that where they were getting good passes early in the season, they're now getting perfect passes in position to fire, to shoot. Mm -hmm. And that's where this team is taking off because we were watching, like they got these same looks three months ago or two months ago. And we didn't see what we saw in, in the game against Memphis where they, you know, hit their first 10 threes and 12 of 13 to start the game. And mm-hmm. they finished like 22 of 40 from three, like something crazy, right? It's not that the, the shots are different. It's that every single pass is different. Every single pass has gone through a refinement. And so now they're getting these perfect, perfect balls to shoot. And uh, we're just going to keep seeing them get better and better. And Mike even said, hey, like, we were waiting for this thing to kind of grow organically, like what we're talking about here, where we would just keep adding stuff. He's like, but we also said, we're going to let the players dictate some of the things that happen. Mm. And he said, we had this this play with Sabonis is at the top. Uh, Harrison Barnes comes around the top. And then, 
you know, they drag uh, Keegan Murray out up higher. And then all of a sudden, they realize that Sabonis could hit Harrison Barnes standing down on the block for a wide-open layup, and they just start doing it again and again and again. And they said, we didn't know that that wasn't even in our in our book of how this offense would work. But now it's become like a staple of our offense that that play is part of it. And it's all happened organically where these players who each have their unique skill set are sort of growing together in a, in a way that they didn't they didn't know. And I think that's the beauty of a guy like Sabonis, the beauty of the the skill set of a guy like Fox. Like what happens off of what they do, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of things that will continue to grow and happen with this team, and it'll all be organic. It won't have to be forced. And we can see this saying, not maybe they're, it doesn't mean they're going to start scoring 160 a night, but what it can mean is that they can be so much more efficient. And we're already seeing, I mean, they're number one in offense rating again as of uh, today. Um, it's it's the number one scoring offense in the league. They got to get better defensively. We're not going to talk about that side of the ball all that much. Uh, but the offensive side, we're seeing some really beautiful things. And it plays into what Keegan does. Keegan, that's what Mike said. He said, like, look, we we understood that Herter and uh, Barnes would start to pick up on these these things quickly because that's who they are. They're smart, you know, seasoned NBA players. But now we're seeing Keegan fit into that as well. And he's starting to grow and he's starting to understand different ways that he can pin down a guy differently than everyone else can because of his post game and find an easy bucket for himself. So, yeah, it's really fun to watch. You know, we I'm glad you brought all that up because, you know, I think a lot of the times, myself included, um, we want we want them to play a certain way, like them, they're flawlessly, perfectly execute. This group has been together like 45 games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we look at a Memphis or the way the war. This war has been together eight years. <laughs> That's why they can just make things seamlessly. These guys haven't been together eight months. And they hear you talk about how they're starting to get a starting. Not even they have a grasp. They're starting to see things and get a grasp on it. I think that's um, a, a great job by you to just kind of put it all in perspective. Like this is the beginning stages, hopefully, of something that we see for a few years. But this is Six at the very there you go. There it is. You know, or at least they should now, win. Huh? They at least they should. We can't count the six that they should at least win. Well, that's yeah, the Kenny Caraway logic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, there's there's, there's definitely going to be some sun. We can add it to they, the 2002 and po- yeah. probably the 2003 of wow. should have won. No. And do we they, could get up to six. Do really they still soon. do the yellow tag on the back of the jersey? I think they – well, the Kings had a yellow tag on the back of it, the gold tag. Remember they used to do that? I don't think they do that no more. The gold tag for everybody that won a championship and they had the number on the tag on on these teams' jerseys. I remember because the Clippers had no gold tag. Hmm. Kings had a gold tag, though. They gave them the Royals one. Oh, that's nice. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah, I I mean – I never knew that. It's fun to watch this team, though, to watch them grow. And we don't know where they'll be in a couple of years, but what we do know is that they're already so much better this year, and they're they're only getting better. Like mm-hmm. like we can keep watching them, and every single game they seem to be getting better. And I think the other point I'd make is like people forget Sabonis turned the ball over eight times, and Fox had six turnovers in the win against Memphis. Memphis, yeah. and they pounded that team. Yeah, I mean they they turned the ball over twenty times, and they won by thirty. I mean, that, and you can say, well, Jaw's not there and Stephen Adams is not there. Now, Stephen Adams is out three to five weeks. Mm -hmm. That's a tremendous blow to them. All of a sudden, that three and a half game lead for the number two seed, mm, that doesn't look nearly as secure as it was before. Mm. So you're starting to see, like, hey, like if this team keeps winning, this road trip means a lot, this seven game trip. But what are their. That's six, crazy. Six winnable games on the what trip. What is this? The rodeo road trip? Like, I, <laughs> I can't. Seven games. It is. Road they are trip. bringing in PVR. They, 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 are they are. That's, that's real. Yeah. This is the rodeo road trip. It I is. thought that only happened in San Antonio. Well, <laughs> it's there funny. You have it. I, I remember when they did the rodeo in uh, a couple of years ago, right before I think it was Katy Perry came in, oh. and they said that when Katy Perry's oh. music started going started shaking dirt from the rafters everywhere from the rodeo because they have to bring in so much dirt that the stadium inside, like, it's hiding all over the place. And they're like, oh, man. Was this Arco or Golden One? Golden One. Oh, Oh, goodness. Wait, there was dirt in the rafters? Yeah, there's dirt because, I mean, you don't just, like, 
dirt doesn't just magically show no, up. I thought they. I thought it was. Oh no, you like, gotta you gotta bring that stuff in, and yeah, every I thought time it was like fresh dirt every time. Like I didn't know they stored it. Oh no no no! I'm saying it it gets it got everywhere. Oh, getting it in and getting it out was yeah, yeah, it is sense. a dirty job. Yeah, and the stuff's so everywhere. Messy. Yeah, they could go to the Memorial Auditorium. Who could the the PBR? Oh, I don't. I think, think they, they do could. motocross in there too. Would it and they be do... big enough? Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Work. They we'll can go. It. They could go, go to Cal Expo. The, yeah, don't no, 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 get our arena dirty. Yeah. We don't, don't need bulls in there. We don't need don't circuses in there. Whatever the hell you are, go, <laughs> go, 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 go to go to Cal Expo. Don't you get it dirty? <laughs> you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to D'Lo and Casey on KIFM West Sacramento. 98.5 FM KRX QHD2 Sacramento. ESPN 1320 driven by Lasher's Elk Grove Dodge. Always live on the free Odyssey app, which is available for you right now. Uh, whether you're on a uh, iOS system, an Android system, uh, whatever your preference is, uh, download the Odyssey app, search ESPN 1320, save us as your favorite radio station. You will get alerted uh, when we go live off hours uh, beginning on Saturday following the Sacramento Kings uh, and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Keegan's game on Friday was ridiculous. Hmm. He had just set a career high, I think it was the game before, with 10 rebounds. He has 14 rebounds in that game, and the arena explodes louder and louder and louder after every three that he hit. And he's, I mean, he, what do he have? Uh, uh, I think he had 20 against Memphis. Like, he's on an incredible run, man. Him he, and Harrison Barnes both are just on incredible runs. Yeah, what we're seeing from Harrison Barnes is Ooh. some of the like craziest stuff. Three all stars. <laughs> yeah, you get all the like a full, full. Uh, Oprah and just give them all or some yeah, might as well the way, the, the way that they're playing right now um, yeah like man it, you're just watching him grow and then again I'll point out like against a young team like that he he instantly sensed that the players around him were young and you could feel it like oh he he's more comfortable and that's something to watch like we're seeing this team throughout like sort of their maturation like they put on a show against bad teams typically. I mean, mm-hmm. they've had like what two or three slip ups, and even those slip ups are against like Charlotte, who got all their guys back, uh, Washington, who got a bunch of their guys back, mm-hmm. and then the Lakers. And you're like, oh, they slipped. Well, those are like really the only three truly bad losses of the season. But you see this team like against a typical bad team, a, a young team, and they just have an ability to hit the hit the pedal and, and blow them out by 25 now. And so we're seeing this growth. And then against really good teams, it's usually a tight game, and it comes down to who makes shots, who makes the fewest mistakes, or who gets the calls. And, you know, the Kings aren't going to get the calls, so they can't leave it at that. Um, But I I do feel like they are growing and figuring out ways to win. And, like, this whole stretch where they had so many games that are one- and two-point games, Mm -hmm. it's just so good for this team, especially as we get later in the season when – you, you're going to have a lot of games that actually mean absolutely nothing or games that are huge in the standings. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see, you know, what they're made of. I uh, talked about it on Tuesday. We didn't get a chance to talk to you about it after the game on Monday uh, until now. But I talked about it on Tuesday. I was like, that game on Monday night was the full Sacramento Kings experience 
in one game. You don't typically get it in one game, right? Like you get them exploding to start the game on the offensive end. Absolutely showing their offensive explosiveness. And then the Grizzlies are still in the game, and they come back and take the lead because the Kings don't play defense. So the Kings are always going to give teams an opportunity to get in because they don't play defense. And then you get to the point where the Kings just have another explosion after they play some defense for about three or four minutes, which is what they do. They give you about three or four minutes, and they combine that with another explosion to go from a tie game at 80-80 to to winning 133-100. to I mean – is that about how you saw it, too? It was the full Kings experience on Monday, huh? Yeah, I think so. I mean, but I also don't think that I, I ever truly felt that it was in doubt. I mean, I, I thought that, like, Desmond Bain, like, does he just, like, roll into every city and, like, walk around saying, hey, which way to the gym? <laughs> like, that dude is so yes. yoked. <laughs> I believe that's exactly what I'm like, what, what, what in the world is happening? So people are like, oh, he just keeps getting to the rim. It's like. How are you going to stop? Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason why Derrick Henry scores 20 touchdowns every year, because he's bigger <laughs> and stronger than everybody else. Yeah. Like, how do you stop Desmond Bain from getting to the rack? Right. And especially when you have Jaw there doing the same thing. So um, I, I think that they, that game really does, like, pivot because you're missing two of their best players and, you know, like an extremely explosive player, but also, like, the perfect counter to Demonis Sabonis mm-hmm. and Steven Adams. So... I'm not going to put all that much stock in that. But if you go back to the Philly game, um, you can see what sort of what I'm talking about. Like against Tobias Harris, like Keegan wasn't the same player. Like mm-hmm. he looked off against a player who really does like physically match up. He matches up with mm-hmm. like they should have a good game. But we saw one guy who's got the experience and one guy who doesn't. And you could see that Keegan was a little shaky. Uh, but then to see him come back and do really good things against a, a really strong uh, Memphis team was was impressive as well. Uh, one guy I don't think has gotten uh, enough love over the course of the last couple of days, given the uh, outings from uh, Harrison Barnes and, and, and James. I want to talk about Trey Lyles here in just a couple of minutes, but this guy ties into a conversation we had just a couple of days ago, and that was the outing from Malik Monk. Mm. Uh, a, thir- a, a near triple-double performance from him, and it was 13 points. But, and, and James, you tell me if I'm wrong because you spend more time at the arena than I do. I feel like when Malik scores, like that, the, the, the energy he puts out is the energy he gets back uh, from those fans. And he is the loudest 13 point scorer in the league. And there is just a different energy uh, when Malik is cooking on the offensive end. Isn't it funny? Like, we talked about this early in the season. Like, when he scores anything, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's so huge. And Trey Lyles just goes out there and drops 24 on you. And, I, and it's the quietest 24. You, I think like, it's the reactions. It, it, I guess so. It's it's also like Trey Lyles is so workmanlike <laughs> and and Monk is so flashy. That I, 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 I framed it like this. Could you imagine if it was Malik and not Harrison? If it was Malik Monk who had hit five straight threes to start the game? Oh, there wouldn't be a roof on Golden One Center. It would have already blown off. Like, the fans would have blown the roof off. I totally agree. And, you know, like, look, we went through on Monday, like, the stats, right? The stats are horrible, uh, like, for him for the last, since the first week in December. Not great. And I know some people took offense to me saying that, like, he had become almost unplayable. Like, look, I'm not saying I took offense to it. You could take offense to it all you want, but like when someone's not coming up with the goods, that's where you're at. And I thought he he fully came up with it. And the other thing I found very humorous, he knew exactly where he was statistically. He got he got pissed at Sabonis for a <laughs> missing a layup, but also stealing his rebound. So Sabonis went up, grabbed a rebound, and he heard it from Malik. Malik's like, dude. I'm right there, like he's pointing up at, like, and, and Sabonis even talked about it after the game. Just like, hey man, he was not happy I stole that rebound. He knew exactly where. It, and Sabonis, like, he's wandering the earth, like tripping over triple doubles. He doesn't even really notice it's happening. But some guys, they know exactly where they're. And I'm glad. I'm glad Malik had a game like that because, it, but he's got to play over. It, it's got to carry over into the next game. You can't have the 33-point game and then nothing for for two weeks. Yeah, like that's a dry spell that you just can't you can't deal with. We we went through it. Was it nine games? He's averaging 
like eight points a game and shooting like 32% from the field. It's just unacceptable. And and so I'm glad he's back, but Mike has been a little cryptic there with the, with like, look, Mike, calm down. He needs to get in. Mike, you can't do anything. Stop this. Let him play through it. He needs to get in the gym. That's what he keeps saying. Like he, he needs to make sure he's doing the things to get out of it. Mm. And that means he needs to be in the gym. And it's like, what are you saying there? He hasn't been in the gym. It's been some some interesting stuff that we've seen. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I like the way that Mike isn't afraid to to put players a little bit of blast. Well, so far, these guys, from everything we can see, so far they respect it. They're like, all right, well, yeah, they've responded. Yeah. I mean, I think Mal- what wasn't the wasn't it the game before that Mike said, oh, you know, maybe we'll have to figure out what to do with Malik Monk. And we came in here, and I think the three of us talked about. <laughs> Like, no, the hell do? you're not, Mike. Figure out you, you gonna let do? him play through it is what, what you're you gonna, gonna do. do? <laughs> and then, and then I, th- and, and, and my my memory's not. It could be wrong. I think the next game was the Memphis game because yeah. I think we were talking about this. Oh no, that it, day it was. It was yeah. Monday. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, but we it's it's part of what we have to do. We have to discuss, and and sometimes it's uncomfortable because you're like you, we know how much that guy means to this team. Like he is one of the heart and soul players of Absolutely. this team. Absolutely. But two years ago, so was Rashawn Holmes, mm. and so like that comes and it goes. Like y- you got to be consistent. You got to like your teammates understand they they see the box score as well. There's no hiding from the numbers, mm-hmm. and so you got to live up to what you're supposed to live up to on a basketball court. And they know how much they need him, but they also like look it, if you're not going to be that guy, then we got to find other answers. Like everyone feels that way, and that me- that might mean that. They don't give you the ball nearly as much. Your teammates, they might like look if he's not hitting any shots. Okay, I'm I'm going to give it to Keegan because he is, mm. or I'm going to give it to Kevin because he is. I mean, we totally missed Kevin Herter had like four points. <laughs> <laughs> the Kings lamp bass somebody. They're starting shooting guard. That's four points. Like of all the guys they who hit twenty threes, threes and they're starting. Yeah, guard. they had twelve had threes points. in the first quarter. I don't know how many he ended. They had twelve threes in the first quarter, and yeah. Kevin Herter had none. None. He did. I don't think yeah. he had one until the third quarter. Oh, that's amazing. And he only had one. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I, that was just like a, a a crazy offensive thing that. And I'll also point this out, like. We here in Sacramento, it's like, you know, we've been beat down with one word since the Michael Malone era. Pace. Pace. <laughs> pace, pace, pace. And every time we're like, New York City. <laughs> like It's like the old Pace Picante commercial. And, like, does it even matter now? Pace doesn't even, The Kings keep dropping in pace and keep going up in offensive rating and keep going up in points per game. That's why I always thought it was stupid. <laughs> like the pace, no, it was just something yeah. people like grabbed onto for some reason. And it was really the Jaeger year, right? Like when they started, weren't they like first in pace? And I, I'll, and I'll tell you, off. And that, cause yeah. that's what they used to always get mad at Luke. Well, oh, the pace is different now. The pace, is, that's why we're not winning. Shut the hell up. We were uh, looking for reasons to be mad at Luke. Shut up, dude. Kenny. It was a gimmick the whole time. Mike Malone, up. Mike Malone, like said the word pace out of spite at least five hundred times. He hated the term. All he cared about was playing defense, and all the people above him cared about was pace. Was them running? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's again why he was called a Sousa marching band leader and not a oh, not Jesus a jazz band Christ. leader because somehow pace. Equates to being a jazz a jazz band leader. Hey, this is Vivek's day. Stop bringing up old stuff. It was a long time ago. <laughs> Vivek is a new man. He's delivered. a new man. Who, yeah, he's, he is. He's, he's he's delivered us Monty McNair uh, <laughs> and Wes Wilcox for another handful of years. Was that one of the crazier games, the Memphis game that you were, that you can remember covering? Like, I, I, I'm talking about basketball stuff, drama stuff aside. The, okay. The, the, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm watching. It's the most incredible first quarter that I've ever seen. Like, what they, they end up with 47 points. Mm-hmm. I felt so bad. So, anyone who has YouTube TV <laughs> out there, the good folks that have YouTube TV, yeah. like, look, yeah. I, I felt so bad for you, and oh. I start seeing it. My wife hits me up, like, the where is the game? And I'm scrambling. I'm texting I, while I'm watching this incredible thing unfold. 
And look, I got a bunch of friends there, so I was reaching out. And then they're like, look, we don't know who's blacked out and who's not. And I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? They're like, can you ask for zip codes? Uh-huh. So I literally asked for zip codes. That that tweet's still going. <laughs> People in like Minnesota are giving me their zip codes. But I was trying to help out for a company that I no longer work for. Oh, that's very I nice. was trying to because I'm watching something special and all of these Kings fans are getting screwed out of watching and it's not uh, only watching a dog show. They're watching a five year old dog show. Oh, oh yes. Wasn't even live. It wasn't even a good brand new that's, dog. That's no. something Kenny would do. No, I'm like I'm like waiting for <laughs> the best to show people to pop on and start chatting. That's but like, I looked on my phone, I'm like, oh no, it's not here. So That's tough. That's like the uh if you guys are ever like um, much like we do with uh TNT and we always watch Charmed. Oh, After yeah. King's games, there's like these <laughs> martial arts boxing shows that come on that are old as dirt mm. like they're sitting there talking to uh like old american Vernon ninja Forrest, like hey <laughs> what about this fight warrior. last week like, what? <laughs> that's what they did with the dog show mine always just plays the music mine just goes purple and know. plays that awful music and god forbid i turn the screen back on the next morning because the music is always really loud yeah yeah, that's and you bizarre. might get like some Ronco stuff like the next morning. Well, like, that's bizarre. I don't know what's, I yeah. don't know what's going well, on. Well, it might be just be streaming. I, I I don't, so, I don't so out there, people, I was trying to help. That's all. Like, And I was trying to help the Kings fans because I was watching something special, and I'm like, oh, man, I can't believe they're not. Normally, I'm not helping out. <laughs> I might send a text to somebody and say, hey, your game's not on again. This is the third time this season this has happened. Mm. And, and it never, from what I, it never went on, right? It was, oh, no, it, it started was, going on. People started, I started seeing responses. Hey, it's back on in my zip code. <laughs> like, uh. oh. I don't think it went on in everybody's zip code. Yeah. I, I, only the people who responded to James's tweet, I guess, got to see the game. But you had all know. of that happening at the beginning, the the, the YouTube TV drama uh, combined with that the, the, the ridiculous amount of three-pointers. The fact that this team was, and this was the thing we talked about so much the next day, it was just three after three after three from Harrison, and then Keegan got in on the act, and then Davion get on in and get, got in on the act. Everybody was in on it, and they were up by two, and then three, and it's like, okay, like, all right, like, man, they just threw their best offensive punch possible at this team. The game's going to settle down. This pace, sorry, no pun intended, is not going to continue. The shooting pace isn't going to continue. How is this game going to shape out? They, 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 there's, a, there's a little bit of room there, but we're all antsy headed into the fourth quarter. And then something happens where the Memphis, one, the Kings picked up their defense. De'Aaron started becoming a, a, a menace on the defensive mm-hmm. end. Uh, and then the shot started falling again. And Minnesota was, uh, excuse me, Memphis was done at that point, and they it was a thirty to four run to close out that game. Yeah, have you ever seen that? A no, 30, I don't a think so. Thirty to four run in the last nine fifty nine. Like they won that. I, it's still funny to say to that they won that game by thirty three points. Yeah, it was uh, the fourth quarter. I think was thirty three to ten. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, but that last that last stretch was. Those Absolutely. six points for the for the those six points for the Memphis Grizzlies came pretty quick in the in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's while they had bench players in too. Mm-hmm. I mean, even look look what Trey Lyles did mm-hmm. in that moment. I mean, Crazy. Trey Lyles was like absolutely. He's wild. been incredible. He has been. I, I just he just does everything right. Like there on occasion he has a stinker of a game, but he's so smart. And he just does the right things on. But the even court. if you have a stinker of a game, that doesn't necessarily mean he did something wrong. Right. No, true. Right. Like he he feels like that he's he's all, he feels like the guy who's constantly going to make the right play, whether the shot falls or not, different story. But he's he's not going to put you in harm's way, so to speak. Yeah, totally. And I know Mike has worked a ton with him on you know they he's talked about the scouting report with with Trey Lyles. He's like our scout was that we didn't have to run at you at the three-point line because mm. you were just going to pump fake and try to go around us. So we just stayed down on you, and we didn't we didn't go up. Mm. And he's like, so I need you to shoot that ball. He's like, you're a great shooter. Stop. Stop with the pump fakes. You get in the key, that's fine. Do your pump fake thing. you know. But out on the perimeter, you, you take the ball. And when you catch it, you're ready to fire, and you fire it. 
And I think it's made a tremendous difference. What's he shooting, like 37 38% now? Mm. And he's just adding that other weapon that you didn't know that you could have. And then he started blocking shots. He ended up with three blocks. Like, that guy was all over the court. And he just gives you a really reliable, competent player. And if you look at his stats, his stats are so much worse than they were last year. Like, his scoring numbers and output mm. stuff, it, it's not the same. It's just about the opportunity that he's doing, and he's playing so much better as a basketball mm. player than he was last year. Mm. So, yeah, he impressed me, like, day one when he got into town. I'm like, how in the world is Trey Lyles making $2.6 bucks? Mm. Like, that was my first thought. You watch him play for, like, three games. You're like, okay, why is he underpaid like this? Mm. And then he loses 20-something pounds during the offseason, comes in, just cut, and... He's got a better lift. He's, you know, going in and getting rebounds, which, again, he's a guy that was always great on the offensive rebounds but not great on the defensive boards. Mm -hmm. Mike's lit a fire under him and said, hey, man, I need you to get defensive rebounds now. Okay. Went out, starts getting eight rebounds, six rebounds a game, and you're like, okay, like you can stay on the court. He's been on the court in crunch time because he's played his way into it and Mm -hmm. super happy for the guy, super impressed with what he's doing. But also, like, he's the guy that – he he's answered some of the questions what Sacramento Kings need. Like, do they still need a rangy defender that can do a bunch of things that can block shots and stuff? Sure they do, but like he's a good guy to have on your roster. Yeah. Now he I mean, I talked about it on Monday. I mean, I'd love to see him around here moving forward. I know he's a free agent. Um, he may get some offers that are maybe, maybe outside of what the Kings are, are willing to pay, but I think he is um, a good rotational guy. He's a good guy to have if you're trying to be uh, a winning team, a playoff team coming off your bench. I, I've I've been impressed with Trey Lau since he got here, and he's he's played better this year than he did last year. Yeah, well, maybe not statistically, but just the uh, the eye test. It feels like he's played better this yeah, year. Yeah, you've we've got to do the uh, we've got to avoid like the Ike Diagu situation. You know, the where everyone thinks that Ike's going to get all this money and he doesn't get anything. You know, Harry Giles, same thing, right? Like everyone's like, oh, you can't opt out of his contract. He's going to get six million or seven million. You're not going to be able to afford him, and you know that's not what happened. And so I think with Trey, it's very specific. You you go into free agency and you want to retain him, but he's on the list of of players that you want to retain. And, and I'll even sit down the stretch. I think we're going to see him, especially against smaller teams. Like he's going to play a lot more small ball five. He's mm-hmm. going to be sort of that answer if they don't go get someone at the deadline mm-hmm. because he can do so much. He can space the floor. He is strong. He can rebound in, in that situation, and we're going to start seeing him slide over. And you could see it in the playoffs where you your rotation really drops to like eight-man rotation with, you know, Savonis is going to play 40-plus minutes in the playoffs. Um and you could see that Trey could be one of the few guys that come off the bench just because he's not going to make mistakes. He's going to do the things you need him to do. Trey's up this year. Chemezi, is he up? He's up. Alex Len. Can you th- Terrence Davis? Yeah, Alex Len and TD excluded from this conversation. Specifically, Chemezi, and we can include Harrison and and, and Trey Lyles. Are, do you think those guys see extensions before the season ends? No, none I, of them. Yeah, I mean, well, should they consider Harrison? Sure. But I, I think, again, you want to get through the trade deadline. Let's see what happens here. I, I don't think, like, Harrison Barnes will be part of that. And we got Mike Brown going out and saying he's irreplaceable and that he absolutely wants him here after the deadline. Mm-hmm. I get that. And we've talked to, like, we talked to Harrison yesterday. And his he he's come around. You can tell, like... Oh, good. He would be a lot more receptive to being here than I think he would have, like, clearly during the summer. Like, mm-hmm. it, like we've seen a, a pretty big change. He even uh, at the end of his press uh, conference yesterday, you know, of his media scrum, he said, yeah, you know, we might even be able to get, like, a, a home playoff series. And I'm like, wait, what did you just say? <laughs> I'm like, did you just say home playoff series? And he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, we we could have home court. Like, okay. Cocky Harrison Okay, wait Barnes. a sec. Wait a sec. Well, you don't even think about that. The three seed means you get home court. Like, if any Kings fan is out there thinking about home court right now, you'd be just, you'd slap them. Like, what are you thinking? Like, that's not going to happen. But they keep winning and they keep doing things. Look and at those standings. It's right me, there Just for me them. and Harrison Barnes. We're the only one to be thinking that way. 
<laughs> Kenny's, are, Kenny's already got his seats. I think. Well, of course, they're right next to Uncle V's. Like, right. why, why, why wouldn't courtside? Kenny's already got his seats. You've done a great job, Uncle V. You've done a great job. Let you, me be the first to tell you. So you don't think? <laughs> so you don't think uh, those guys will 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 get extensions? Is is that something that like you? You don't you don't think it, it it wouldn't make sense for the Kings to do? It wouldn't make sense for Chemezi or Trey Lyles to do? Do you explore the market uh, before you sign those guys? Like, what what what's your line of thinking with those two specifically? Yeah, I, I mean, I think first of all, I, I look at both of those players completely differently uh, as far Understood. as Chemezi and Trey. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think one fits into one box, one fits into another. Um, so, yeah, are you going to chase? them in free agency are are you really going to strongly consider bringing a guy like Trey Lyles back maybe even Chemezi back sure you're going to at least keep the door open but I mean I would point out in Chemezi's case very specifically look at how good Damian Jones was for this team last year mm-hmm. and they did not like make a move for him to to come back and I mean these same guys were on the court outside of Sabonis like you still had Rashawn Holmes, you still had Alex Len, and he was playing minutes, and they weren't. There came a point where Rashawn stepped away, but there was a point where Damian Jones was playing major minutes, and uh, and you didn't even really consider bringing him back at like twenty six years sure. old. Um, so you know, I I think they'll keep their their options open there. I think with Trey, he just makes sense. Like he he's not going to get a bunch of money. I don't think usually once you go down in salary. You don't go way back up. Very seldom do you see a player go way up. So could he get a two-year six, a two-year seven? Sure. Mm. Uh, but I also, because he signed a two-year, I think it's two-year five $5 million deal, um, I don't think he's eligible for an extension because he, he has to have a certain amount of years. As far as Chemezi, yeah, there there's some way that you could, some mechanism, but I, I wouldn't think that either one of them are going to be something that you would do that with right now. Okay, we'll come back. We'll talk more Kings basketball. We'll talk specifically about Kings basketball tonight against Nick Nurse and OG and Pascal and that whole crew uh, with Toronto. And we'll do that when we return. James Ham, Dilo and KC here on Sacramento Sports Leader, ESPN 1320. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. KC continues streaming live on the Odyssey app. If you said, "Here we go," like James didn't hear that. I forgot. Well, <laughs> so typically, I'm not James here. Is on me. Yeah, so we always got to tell him, "Hold on," but I forget. Yeah. Man, James, right in the studio with us now. He is, man. We here talking Kings basketball <laughs> with the Sacramento Kings taking on uh, the Toronto Raptors uh, tonight. I, you know, the, the 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 point differential for a, a team comfortably under 500 right now. In the Toronto Raptors is pretty interesting. It's like point like zero. It's like point two or something. Hmm. It, they're 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 losing games at a as a, at, a, at, a, at a razor thin margin. They're a team with a ton of talent. And James, correct me if I'm wrong. Like I think this is a team that can create some frustration for the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, I mean Toronto is actually they're a plus point two in net rating on the season, which is fifteenth best in the league. Um, they are losing a lot of tight games. Uh, they're a bit of a mess, though. Uh, they're long. They're athletic. They're very physical. I love, like, you can give me, like, five or six of their players. Like, they, they have guys up and down that roster. I'd be like, oh, yeah. i take, mm-hmm. I, I take Fred Van Vliet. I, I would take uh, uh, certainly Scotty Barnes. Scotty uh, Barnes? <laughs> uh, I'd Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, uh, Gary Trent. Like they're they have a lot of players that are like they're quality quality players and, and all that length they have is, you know that's the type of team that that's the type of thing that the Kings are just lacking, mm-hmm. and uh, but for some reason they're not putting it together, which I find really strange because I think Nick Nurse is incredible. He's a great coach. I I was up there for the finals 
you know, uh, covering warriors for like, I was up there twice and had another plane ticket scheduled to go up for if there was a game seven. Mm -hmm. And I, I just think he's a bright mind and he usually has a really good pulse on his team. And for some reason this year it's, it's just not working out. And I think they're closer to blowing things up than they are to like bringing it all back and, and trying to fix something. Yeah. And, and that just seems really strange to me. I don't mean any disrespect by this, but they don't they don't have any number ones. They got a lot of twos and threes, which you can win in the regular season with, for sure. But um, Pascal Siakam, as much as I, I like his game a lot, like I really like his game, and he's played great. He's, he's probably going to make the All-Star team this year. I don't look at him as a number one. They, they don't have a number one out there. Yeah, as a true number one, unlike a – a really, really good contending team? No. I mean, is he a number one? He's a number one like Julius Randle's a number one. Mm. You know, they're they're really, really good players, but they're not really good players on a fifty win team a fifty five win team that's like gonna be playing for like the Eastern Conference finals. Like you talk about the point differential and close games, like where are you going in the fourth quarter? Yeah. You need a bucket. Van Fleet, he can hit it, but I mean he's He's still kind of small-ish, and like, like he, they got guys who can hit buckets. Siakam can hit buckets, but they don't have, they don't have a fox mm-hmm. <laughs> who's gonna get you whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Hmm. No, I, I mean it, it's very true. I mean, at, like you could look at Siakam's stats and, and then look at Sabonis' stats; they're not that far off. Like if you really balance everything out, um, but like I. Sabonis is a much more impactful player, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Uh, more center of the universe, like a guy that you design everything around. Um, so I, I guess you're right there. I, I think what they will transition to do is make Scotty Barnes into that type of player for them, uh, like a Draymond Green with slightly more offensive potential. Mm-hmm. Um, that's And better length, better size. Yeah. Uh, He's so, really good. He's really good. But he oh, yeah, I love Scotty Barnes. Like, and and he, uh, well, no, well, neither is Draymond. No, but see that. But you said it like, and I agree with you. Like, I think they look at Scotty like, eventually they want to build a franchise around him. But mm-hmm. here's what I always say about stuff like mean. that. Like, yeah. you build a franchise around him, and he's not a number one. You're still gonna have to find a number one. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a difference between a number one scoring option and a number one option. So, like for the Kings, the number one on this team. It's not De'Aaron Fox. It's Demonis Sabonis. The number one scoring option is De'Aaron Fox. The number one option, the guy that you run everything through and everything around, and who who really makes the the thing run, is Sabonis. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, you're surrounding. It, it just so happens that both of their skill sets work perfectly with if you line up shooters all around them. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're complementary pieces in that way. While they're not fully complimentary because neither one of them is a knockdown three-point shooter um like stats be damned this season like here and there like sure they they've had some some moments but um you know in order for those two to work you have to have all the spacing and all these players that make sense just like lebron like that's that's a silly thing about like the lakers the construction of the lakers but also the construction of the Cavs for plenty of the years when he was there too like if you don't put shooters around him then you're doing yourself and him a complete disservice. He is the most like disruptive force on the court that you can ever find, and he draws so much attention that every single shooter gets wide open looks. That's why Buddy Heald, while you know, like I covered Buddy for a long time, and I know Buddy's flaws. Buddy Heald would average twenty something points a game for that team. He would have shot, you know, 10, 11, 12, exactly what he's doing with Indiana, where he's. You know, he's really highly functional. If he's your second or third best player, that's not a good thing, which is what was the case here in Sacramento for way too long. Buddy Heald can't be that, but he can be one of your top scoring options. And that's where, like, I kind of differentiate. Like, you can have a, a true, like, dominant number one player. I mean, Sabonis doesn't average 19 points a game. So, I mean, he's right underneath that. So it's not like Sabonis is going out there every night and carrying you to victory in a conventional way where he's scoring all these points. But what he is doing is he's controlling the entire game. He's, you know, between assists and 
and screen assists and scoring. He's over 50, uh, 50 points a game that he's impacting directly. Those are things that you just can't replace. It, and, uh, and I agree. But with those guys, you still need the guy that's going to put up 25. And those guys don't fall on trees or come off trees. Right? Yeah. Like even you look, I, I have this talk when people talk about Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley's really good. And they're like, yo, Evan Mobley is the franchise. They still had to go get Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. So how franchise are you really if they got to go get another guy that can produce more? And I well, know you got to have more. Yeah. Like, I, I don't. But but if, they, like, if, who the, Cavs, if, the, if the Cavs had Donovan Mitchell, they wouldn't be like, we have to go get Evan Mobley. They go find That's somebody fine. like Garland or like Jared Allen to compliment. Well, Donovan, Donovan is the guy who was available. Like, what if the guy available was Jamal Murray? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, Donovan was the guy well, who yeah, you could go but, get. It wasn't but Jamal can go get it. Like yeah. he being the same. No, I, 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 I know like, what you mean. If it was yeah. flipped, they wouldn't. They'd love to have Evan Mobley, but they wouldn't. They'd be like, man, Jared Allen. We can get a guy like that. You don't have to be franchised. Evan Mobley on the trading block would be what, like what Sabonis was last year. Mm. It'd be talked about like, oh, it'd be good. And then it, it's kind of like, oh, we traded a young draft pick for him. For Evan Mobley? <laughs> oh, why? I, I love Mobley. So I, oh, so do I. No, no, no. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. do I. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I think guys like Evan Mobley, those types of games, Evan Mobley, Devontae, I think they're almost disrespected because they're not. Mm-hmm. The fifty-point scoring capability that Donovan Mitchell was, or Jamal Murray, or, or insert high-scoring guard here. Yeah, no, I yeah, get it. I think it's like the only player that I can think of in the league that really you're kind of talking about that, like a all-around the scorer that does everything type deal is Luca, right? Where, but we've seen that yeah, it's that's... so incredibly difficult to build a team around Luca. Like they haven't done it. They still don't haven't done it. They haven't figured it out fully how to build a team around Luka. Mm-hmm. And that's really weird because it's with LeBron, we saw what they did early in his career where they built a team around him that was, man, some of those teams he took to the finals were <laughs> crazy bad. Like, I, I don't... Like, Who was the Sasha Pavlik was the shooting guard? They had Zadrunas Ilgoskis, they had Booby Gibson, they had... Berjow, you know, yeah, Anderson Berjow. Uh, was it Mo Williams? Was it Mo Williams? Was his second Shout best player Jackson on his team? State, you know, head a, coach. Big it was a defensive juggernaut, though, wasn't it? Well, they went out there. Well, because of him, the league was a because I'm not putting Zajunas Silgaskis on any defensive, you know, like all defensive team. Like most of those players, I'm not. Even like a guy like Mo Williams is okay defensively. Booby, you won't put Booby on an all defensive team? <laughs> not really. I mean, you your big move was to go out and get like thirty two year old Antoine Jameson. Mary Hughes. So I think they went and got Shaq once. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's Mary funny Hughes. though because who, who remembers the Shaq era in Cleveland? That's right. We we talk so much I'm about the big like bodyguard. <laughs> how he had to he goes to Miami and they build this super team. Well, it it mainly was because he was on an island by himself forever, hmm. and it's like okay, I it, I couldn't win that way, so I'm going to go win with the super team. And now they've tried to kind of go back and like the super team hasn't worked out because of injuries and stuff like that. Uh, but they've never built the team around them like they should have, you know, like Miami. How much did they need Ray Allen? They needed him a ton because he's a guy who spaced the floor because he had the other three guys. I mean, Chris Bosh was the best floor spacer of the three at that point in their careers. So I don't know. It's interesting. It's traitor Ray Allen, right, uh, Jesse? <laughs> traitor. I don't have any beef with Ray Allen. Okay, anymore. we're right. we're good. All right, KG right. and Paul said they're good. Did you say I don't have any beef with Ray Allen anymore? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're good. All right, Paul and KG said I'm, they're good, so I, we're good. They hugged I, it out. I love you, Celtics guys, man. You guys are the best. They all hugged good. it out. You as guys, lucky as to as step on lucky though. <laughs> Tried to it, trade the man, and they get mad because they literally oh blamed every issue that team had on him, and then he left, and oh oh, we're not going to talk to him for a decade and a half. Well, yeah, he went to the team they were competing against in the Eastern Conference Finals every time. <laughs> well, you guys didn't want him. <laughs> yeah, but don't go them. there. Don't go there. Would you? We, like, there's so much talking. I, I don't imagine it's going to quiet down if Toronto keeps losing. Uh, headed into the trade deadline on the ninth, that it's, Toronto is a, a, a team. High end teams are going to watch to see 
if they splinter apart that group. There is a lot of talent over there. Would you do it? Would you? Is, is Toronto as a playoff top six playoff contender done? I can't imagine that it is. I can't either. But they have man, they're talent. ready to. You're just waiting the whole time for them to figure it out. It's done. They're not a top six team this year. I don't know. No, I'm. I'm I mean, period. Like the, the like this. The group of Siakam and and and, and OG and yeah, no and Scotty. It can't be salvaged. It's done. Yeah, ain't no top six team. Not That's that wild. group. They, no, they could add on to. That's that. what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about this year. But I, but I'm, I'm talking but about I'm, moving forward. But that's forward. what it is. Like you have to add on. Like you have. Yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I, I got that. But I, let me phrase the question differently. Obviously, this is my fault. Would you break the group up? I hope if they I get broken. If I can't add on, I would. <laughs> if that makes it like, like that's that's anything, right? Like you, you have to add on. When you talk about the group, the group's got to be different. Okay. You know what I mean? Because you're talking about would I break this group up? Yeah. You'd, this so you break up Scotty Barnes, Siakam, and, and OG. You'd break that group up. That group, that, that group, as the core of a team you build around, isn't going to work. That group, no. Okay. That's what to I was asking. I'm a broadcast six, journalist. To be yep. so- top six, no. Okay. Because that's what they're facing right now. Top then. six in the East is. Right. They're now, also cracked, too. Now, now, here's the thing about like your question. I mean, moving one of them, I don't think is blowing it up. You know what I'm saying? Like if you if you move OG and keep Siakam Barnes and Van Fleet, you know that's not blowing. you can probably, you could probably even stand to move two of them and get something back that helps you. You know, it's just going to be a different era uh, of that uh of that particular Raptors group, but um Man, like Miami. all of them when I when I hear blow up, I think get rid of all of them. And I don't. I think getting rid of at least two of them. That's what. That's what I think is blowing it. Because I don't think they're trading Scotty Barnes. Mm-mm. No, Scotty Barnes. I don't think they're trading him. <laughs> well, I think, and, and maybe that's what the build around thing is. is yeah, because he's twenty one. He's the guy you're keeping. Yeah, you're yeah, yeah. Moving the other guy. Well, that's and that's the problem you have with like Fred Van Vliet. He's twenty eight and <laughs> he wants like a hundred and thirty or hundred and forty million. Yeah. That's. I think he turned down like a huge extension offer. And so it puts you in a really awkward position because he's an unrestricted free agent this summer, and there's a good chance you lose him for nothing. So, well, that's you... a flaw of the CBA that they should correct today. If they corrected that today, there's no Domas drama. There you go. But there it is. That's probably not being corrected before Demontis Sabonis is a. I don't. A free... I didn't realize <laughs> Miami's a top six team. No, I can't believe. I don't know if there is like the Domas drama. I think like how much do you think that. Yesterday fixed any potential domos. Well, well, drama is probably an unfair word, especially with this fan base and organization. But it's still like domos is going to be a free. An extension isn't coming. It makes zero financial sense for Demont. He can be offered one, but it doesn't make sense for him to sign it. Demontis Sabonis is going to be free to leave the Sacramento Kings. That's the Maybe drama is the wrong word. But Kings fans are absolutely going to be concerned. Unless he does a press conference and says, I'm not leaving. Or after yeah, after, yeah, after, yeah. after they sweep the Golden State Warriors <laughs> in the uh, first round of the playoffs, uh, he, he'll, 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 I'm going to light the beam and I'm not going anywhere. That I, won't even work because Kyrie did it. <laughs> Kyrie did it. There's a little of, bit of a difference Kyrie there. Kyrie did it in front of the Boston <laughs> Celtics fans and everyone just kind of ignored it, like, yeah, okay. And then he left. I, well, I, he also said he's going to go, like, I mean, you expect it. He's going to go on a walkabout and see if he falls off the face of the earth because it's flat. Well, he said today he wants a contract. His agent said. Well, of course he does. In NBA, Brooklyn. NBA Eastern Conference All-Star Kyrie Irving. We'll see if that actually happens, but he oh. should be in the Eastern Conference. Oh, abs- I don't, absolutely. Uh, we'll see yeah. if that happens. Yeah, absolutely. The talent's never, it's like undeniable. Uh, but the, never has been. Yeah, well, I was just saying like this particular year, we'll see if it happens. We'll see if they put him on the All-Star team, but he should be. He should um, be. You know, I think this is just a gut feeling for me. Um I'd be and I, I don't. Not saying either one of you feel differently. I, I'd be surprised if Sabonis wasn't here. There's not much drama or angst for me. I, I think, I think, as a as a young man, you know, looking for some place to establish and, and, and create some roots, um, 
and now it's been shown that this team can be successful, I think there's a great, great like chance that he's whenever it's financially good for him to sign that deal, that's the only thing holding it up is the fact that it doesn't make sense for him to sign this offseason. I think he's, he's I think if 100%. you asked him today that would pro- like an honest off the record, that would probably be his answer. Mm-hmm. But we're a long ways away from you know, not this this coming summer, but the following summer. Like things can happen. You never know. Mm-hmm. I will say, like I Kings do believe, can win a couple championships yeah. before then. I mean, yeah, there it is. Uh, but I do believe James that will get a ring. I, <laughs> Another a, one to add to your awesome. collection of championships. At that point, I should have like six. Bill Russell Ham. Yeah, how many championships I should have had though? Y'all been waiting for that James Ham book? <laughs> Just wait. James, James is going to have a book called, coming out called Twelve Rings. Yeah, from. Rags to rings. <laughs> there's there's a title right there from rags to rings. Um, it's only like someone write that down for me. Um, yeah, uh, like the I, I'm looking at Sabonis and like we talked to him today, and he was asked very specifically, like, does that help you uh, build confidence in what's happening here that Monty McNair and Wes Wilcox are back? And he said, mm-hmm. Yeah, these are you guys that wanted me. They're the ones that went out and got me. They're the ones who took the gamble to get me. Yeah. You know, who got, he didn't say it, but who got raked over the coals by national media for giving up Tyrese Halliburton. Mm. So, you know, I, I think it's interesting uh, that this, it will play a part of it because that's going to be the group. The guys who, who did trade for him, who have embraced him, are the ones who are going to, uh, like, be here to make that decision for him. A- at least they should. Did be. he say Tyrese by name? No. Okay. No, no, no. He's no. like I've, he's he I've, he's never once referenced that trade. <laughs> I've never heard him reference the trade, not one single time. Never heard him mention the trade, Pacers, Tyrese, Indiana, Hoosiers, <laughs> the place I used to be. Like nothing, Larry Bird. I've never heard him mention anything. It's funny. Like I I feel the same way that I believe he does. Like it's over and done with. That it was a chapter in a book. And that chapter is over, and I've moved on to the next chapter. Mm-hmm. Like that's how. Like, do we bring up Tyrese here and there? Like, look, I love watching Tyrese as a player. Like, once the deal happened, we did like the the digest it and like break it down to like the like minutia and just completely kept like harping on it for like three or four days. Mm-hmm. And then for me, it was like, okay, it's over. Like, th- I don't cover him anymore. <laughs> and I, I think. God, I don't have to go aggregate content and every single time he says something on some podcast, I don't have to go write 600 words on what Tyrese Halliburton just said like I used to. But for me, that's it's one of those things where you're like, look, I, I cover a lot of NBA players. I've covered hundreds of NBA players. You just have to move on to the next one. And that's kind of what how I feel like Sabonis is like. He'd been traded before. He'd been traded. This is his fourth trade. Mm. So he's like, this is old hat. Like, I, I understand the what happened, and I'm moving on, and it doesn't matter that I was a two-time All-Star or that I was the center of the franchise or anything else. They never paid him that way. It's not like here in Sacramento where, like, you didn't just keep saying the Fox is the head of the snake and the face of the franchise. You paid him $163 million over five years. Mm-hmm. Like, he's making 30-something million this year, and every year for the next four Sabonis has never had that. Like he's only making 19 million bucks. He's never been told that you are not only did you make the all-star team, but you are our all-star. You are our star and we're going to pay you the way that a star is paid. And that's, that's a big difference too. Like it just hasn't happened for him. And uh, the Kings are going to roll out the red carpet and, and make sure he feels like he is not, he's embraced as a star that he is because I, Holy cow, the dude is a flat-out star. He's one of the, Right now, he's playing as one of the best top five players in the league. He's and people gonna, keep saying, like, oh, you're crazy. Go look at no, the advanced stats. He, he's he's, he's going he's gonna to start in the All-Star game. I think so. Like He's going to be LeBron's first draft pick. <laughs> James Ham will <laughs> mow DeMontis' bonus lawn. I don't know where his lawn is, but <laughs> I'll, I'll just tell you, like, every single national or, or every writer that has – the uh the right to vote has has him as a starter mm. that I've seen. It's good stuff. I know Slater said that, right? Didn't mm-hmm. Slater say that yesterday? Mm-hmm. Slater has a vote. He said that yesterday that he uh, uh, 
cast him as a starter. Um, we appreciate you so much for being with us. Uh, if you're on YouTube.com slash ESPN 1320 Twitch Facebook, uh, make sure you hit the thumbs up before you go. Make sure you hit the subscribe buttons. If you haven't downloaded the Odyssey app, go do that. Uh, download the Odyssey app uh, on whatever your iOS platform is, your Android platform is. Uh, search ESPN 1320. Save us as your favorite radio show. You'll get alerted when we go live with uh, special segments off hours. Uh, and if you're listening on the Odyssey app or on 1320 AM, don't go anywhere. Uh-uh. We'll come back. You'll hear from Will Z. You'll hear from our man Hunter Patterson. And you'll hear more Kings basketball here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Go Kings. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 